What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Pretty Lies and Alibis. Let's seek the truth and travel the long road to justice together. Let you know, alibiers. Welcome to another episode of Pretty Lies and Alibis. I'm Gigi. Day 25, the last day of testimony in the Lori Vallow murder trial. We're going to get to it in just a second. Thank you to everybody who's donated. I appreciate it. Could not do what I love without your support. So thank you so, so much. Music fact of the day, the band Toto was formed the year I was born in 1977. They were actually session musicians for really big names like Steely Dan, Seals and Crofts, Boggs, Skaggs. And they really didn't have a hard time breaking in the industry as a band of their own because they were so highly regarded as session musicians. That is a mouthful. Try to say that like five times fast. But what's really cool is this. And dude, my life goal now is to go find this place. The song Africa plays 24-7 at a secret location in a desert in Africa. And it runs off solar batteries, so it doesn't run out of juice. I know what I'm doing with my retirement. Also, they played on almost every single song on Michael Jackson's album, Thriller. There you go. All right, so a little quick news first. Big ruling by Judge Boyce, which is everybody can watch the verdict read, live streamed. It's going to be on Judge Boyce's YouTube channel. It's going to be on Law and Crime. So check us out there. I will be on air pretty much right after that verdict's read, by the way. I will be running down some stairs to bring it to you first. So it's really kind of weird that this is the testimony parts over. So the state and the defense rested today. And it really is kind of unbelievable. We followed this trial for over three years. And I know we all kind of feel like we knew these victims after learning so much about them over the years and and the, the trial's been heartbreaking. And to learn these details that when you think it couldn't get worse, it did. And it got really, really bad for these kids and Tammy. And I think this jury is ready. I think they're ready to do their job. They are not looking bored. I haven't really seen them look too bored at all this entire trial. The most attentive jury I've ever seen in my life. I have to say hats off to them. They have showed up every single day. We have not had like one juror out sick. We haven't had anything. I mean, this trial, and I've said it a couple of times, this may be one of the smoothest trials I've ever sat in as far as no hiccups. We ended at 3.30. Some people didn't like that. For us here, eh, 
you know, it kind of gives us a little more time to do things. It has been a ride and it's been surreal because for those of you who have been with the podcast since the beginning, you know, Fruit Loop and I launched this podcast on this case the day they found the kids' bodies. We started researching all the players, the first news article. I had done true crime years ago, got out of it. And then when I read about this case, the first article, I texted my best friend. I'm like, you've got to read this. This is going to be crazy. We weren't wrong. Unfortunately, it is just so tragic. And it, it probably will always be the craziest case that I've ever covered. And that's saying something. I just want to take a moment to acknowledge Charles, Tylee, JJ, and Tammy. That's the reason we're here. And the storm stuff, it's funny. We need to laugh. I had somebody who didn't like the fact that I tweeted out something funny about the storm yesterday. But, you know, everybody who has sat in that courtroom for five plus weeks now, it's been heavy. And it's hard when you're looking at remains of kids and you're looking at what's left of poor Tylee. Oh, if you can bring humor into really dark stuff, then it's not a bad thing as long as it's not at the expense of any of the victims in the case. And I will walk away from this, Mike, if I ever do that on this show. It's very full circle. And I just want to thank Law & Crime for trusting me with this case, to have me on the ground here with a camera guy, and that's it. This is one of the biggest cases in the last 10 years. And then they trusted me with Alec Murdoch. So I just want to thank them because without them asking me to come here, I could have never came and watched this this trial. So big thank you to Law and Crime. I've had such an amazing experience and I've learned so much. I just think that now we're all at a point to where we brought it back full circle where it needs to be and it's focused on these victims. At the end of the day, that's all that matters is justice for these victims. All right, so what's on tap for tomorrow? Well, there's no court because they are going to be doing jury instruction conferences. If they go on the record, we can go in. So I'll be doing my 8 o'clock hit on Law and Crime. It's 10 o'clock Eastern. And then I will go sit in that, the hallway outside the courtroom for the entire time. They're doing this in case they go on the record with something so I can bring it to you. Now, what will happen on Thursday? Thursday, the jurors will return. They will not be there tomorrow. They have the day off. Thursday, we will have closings and then jury instructions, and then they get the case. And then we wait. People have asked all day between text messages and inboxes on social media and then here at the courthouse, what do you think? Did the state prove it? I think the prosecution did a fantastic job of breaking this down into bite-sized pieces to lay the foundation for this jury. And then they slowly added pieces. And then the picture just became clear, I think, to these jurors. If you've watched their facial expressions and their body language over these past few weeks, it went from, whoa, like blown away to, all right, it just got crazier, but I'm kind of used to it by now. I don't think it's been lost on this jury. And some people say, well, I don't think this was proven. That was proven. Here's the thing. Lori Vallow is going to be the reason she's found guilty because these body cam videos of when they did the welfare checks, Lori just lies so convincingly. Then the video we saw of them in Hawaii when they serve her with the order to produce JJ entirely by a certain date. And she just looks bothered. Like, as if, do not interrupt my sunbathing and, you know, just nonchalant. Those things were very powerful for the jury. These little things that Lori texted, such as, Tylee must have turned dark because she cleaned her room. I, there was a woman who literally just shook her head like, wow. 
So I'm not worried. Some people are worried about Tammy Daybell's conspiracy charge that Lori has, but they're going to drive home in closings that Lori was shopping for wedding rings and wedding attire and everything else way before Tammy Daybell was dead. So she was anticipating on marrying Chad. So anyways, let's get on to this. By the way, my count is that 61 witnesses were actually called. I believe the number was over 200 on that witness list. So the next to the last witness for the state was Nicole Heideman. She's a tactical specialist for the FBI, and she has testified already in this case. She reviewed data from cell phones and also Lori's iCloud accounts, too. So we start getting into loin fire, y'all. Have mercy on my soul. It was written, actually, in a combination of email, text messages, and notes, and they were sent to the Lolly Time iCloud account. Remember, that account was created in April, cut off in November, like the Lori for style when she and Chad went off the grid. But she had to piece this story together because it was in so many different places. So the defense conducted some questioning with the witness before her testimony, and they asked if the James and Elena story is what it was actually named, and she said no. So the defense asked if she's aware that Chad is an author and writes fiction, and she said she believes this is a true story because it has past events that were significant in Lori and Chad's relationship echoed in this story, in this nasty story, y'all. One day I'm going to actually make public the, the reading of Loin Fire that I did. The only reason I haven't, y'all, I have teenagers and I have an 11-year-old and their friends are online and some of their friends actually listen. So to my kids' friends, you rock. My kids don't listen because it's weird and I get that. But she compared the story to other information. So when James and Elena met in the story, it begins on October 26, 2018 at the St. George, Utah conference, which is where they actually met. They show a picture of Chad and Lori. It looked like Melanie Gibb, a couple of other women the weekend that Lori and Chad met. And it was a little blurry for me. I don't know. I had my glasses on, but it was up on the screen for a little while. I noticed a lot of jurors looking at that, that picture. I actually noticed that Lori was kind of looking over on the defense monitor a couple of times too. She found that in the story, James Googles Elena when they first meet. That is consistent because Chad Googled Lori. And I mean, Google, this is not like some stupid Chad text. I'm Googling you. Uh, he Googled Lori Vallow on October 26, 2018. There was also the mention of a novel. And in the James and Elena Loitonfire story, he wrote a book called The Renewed Earth. And that is a book Chad actually wrote himself. There were also references to meeting on November 16th and 17th, 2018 in Arizona, where they attended another conference. And this also is where they found those temple records showing that Lori and Chad went to the temple at the same time. This is also echoed in the story. So the similarities she points out, she invited friends to stay with her at her house, including Chad in real life and in the story. Travel between the character Elena and Lori. It says Elena visits James in Idaho. This happened in April of 2019. Lori visited Chad in Idaho when there was a mention of a podcast, James travels to Arizona to do a podcast with Lori and friends. She reads a little bit from the story. And then there's mention of another round of powerful, pleasurable bonding. August 9th, 2019. At this point, Charles is dead. Not even a month. He's been murdered. Lori emails Chad. That's pretty incredible. <laughs> By the way, y'all, there's a lot of fire emojis. Fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji. 
The fire is definitely burning. I miss you way too much. You have to stop or I might explode. Then Lori to Chad, the intensity of each encounter in my mind, one greater than the last. Fire emoji, fire emoji. Especially this last one. I've never loved you more. It just keeps growing. And Chad says, I completely agree. We were definitely in new territory in your bedroom. <laughs> Y'all, I swear. Elena's magic hand has gripped the storm. Barely able to breathe as intense waves wash over them. Lori says, yes, she did. Chad says, I love you, Elena. What wonderful chemistry we share. Fire emoji, fire emoji. Lori says, I love you more. That's so hot. I need you now more than ever. Heart emoji, heart emoji. Chad says, you are amazing. Please save that segment. I want to read it with you naked and relive it all. You know, there's been times in this trial, y'all, where my heart breaks and you have to kind of fight back tears. And there are times in this trial where I've wanted to just leave the courtroom and like pour some bleach in my ears. Now, the state did not admit the James and Elena story and that direct exam was over. There was no cross. We get down to our last witness. This is Investigator Edwards. He was the last person on the stand. He was lead investigator with the Idaho Attorney General's office. He's also active military since 1999. What a, an amazing human to just serve for all these years. Appreciate his service. He assisted the investigation into the death of Tammy Daybell. They were asked to, to assist the attorney general's office. Then he became involved into the disappearance of JJ and Tylee. He did a lot of background information work on Tammy, such as her marriage, her kids, the move, her job, things of that nature. He learned of a connection between Chad and Alex. And what is that connection? Lori Vallow, of course. He got phone extractions and then started conferring with other investigators. He knew Tammy had went to visit her family on October 4th, 2019 in Utah because Chad said her dad grandma came and said, like, go to Utah. The jurors were writing during this, by the way. He also knows that Charles filed for divorce from Lori. Remember in February, he filed, pulled it back. But then in late June, he was ready to do it again. But there was nothing between Chad and Tammy. So they showed some exhibits and there was a text message, October 3rd, 2019. Chad says, good night, Angel Lily. So excited to go on our date. Fire emoji. And then on the 4th, Chad says, dreaming of caressing you in bed. I adore you. And I don't know if this was a typo or, but it is Sholo you. Maybe it has more meaning. If it does, please enlighten me. I was like, hmm. I looked like 10 times. So October 4th and 5th, Tammy's gone to visit family in Utah. Now, we jump to the 9th of October when Tammy was shot at. We heard this already, but he's going over Alex going to target practice, practice that day and then driving by the Daybell residence twice. He found no evidence that Alex ever met Tammy. The only connection he could find was who? Lori Vallow. So the communications on the 9th and the 10th, the date of the attempt into that next morning was massive between 9 a.m. and 2 a.m. It was Chad, Alex, Lori, and Zulema. The first thing they see is at 1.19 p.m. to 1.22, there are eight texts between Chad and Alex. 1.19, I'm sorry, 1.22 to 2.20, Alex and Chad's phones are close. 7.13 to 8.43, there are 15 texts between Alex and Chad. Between 9.15 and 9.25, that's when the attempt on Tammy happens. And then 10.28 to 10.29, there are four texts between Alex and Chad. Now, I'm going to tell you, th this exhibit was not easy to read. 
and it was not up super long. So I know I missed some time frames in there and I apologize, but I, I just couldn't get it down. He went to the Dayball property and they show some photos. So one is a picture of the front of Chad's house and you see a car backed in that driveway. It's a short driveway. It's not long. And then they show an overhead of the property, which shows another driveway that's much longer that kind of came around to the back of the house. And Tammy would use that one and go through the back door normally. But the night of the attempt, she parked at the front of the house and that was different for her. Then they go on to talk about the firearms that were seized from Alex's townhome during the search warrant. They show those same photos of that Grindle gun, the AR style. And the 6.5 millimeter Grindel drew his attention. He's familiar with using the style gun in the military and also in law enforcement. We also go through the paintball gun theory that Tammy had. The witness, he's used them a lot in training for law enforcement. And he thinks it's possible that that Grindel and then a paintball could resemble each other with that baffle up on top. The baffle, remember, is where the paintballs are stored. And a big scope, like Alex had in the dark, could definitely make you think it was one of those she brings up the email that tammy sent to her son mark about the theories of who could have done this the witness contacted a neighbor asking if kids had paintball guns in the area but they didn't in fact they were wanting to get some kind of a little group together to do something with paintballs but none of the kids had paintball guns base is an overpacker's dream it can be hard to fit everything in especially when it comes to luggage with base there's room for everything Two weeks worth of clothes like I've been doing? No problem. Deciding between a few pair of shoes? Bring them all with Base. Base was created by actress Shay Mitchell to make sleek and affordable bags, luggage, and accessories designed to help you travel effortlessly while still looking fashionable. Base has thought of everything you could ever want in a piece of luggage. 360-degree gliding wheels, a cushion handle, built-in weight indicator, washable bags for your dirty clothes, and all the interior pockets you need to keep organized. Their luggage comes in multiple sizes and colors, and for my shorter trips home on the weekends from here in Idaho, the Weekender bag is the most functional, and it even has a place to store your shoes separately. Every piece is made to look better with miles, so you don't have to worry about it in cargo or overhead. And Base has over 30,000 five-star reviews. Whether you're packing for a quick trip or looking to breeze through the security line, Base has your personal items covered. Right now, Base is offering my listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash world. Go to basetravel.com slash world for 15% off your first purchase. That's Base, B-E-I-S, travel.com slash world. He also talked to a number of people just in that general area reviewing reports and that evidence that he had received from other investigators. He's mentioning the Google searches by Alex, the Grendel drop one to 300 yards. He says this has to do with trajectory and what the bullet does as it travels, it drops the further it goes. So also you have to, it's mainly for adjusting your scope. And remember, Alex told Lori, I believe in a text, that he had to go dial in his scope at the range. And what happens on the night that Tammy is shot at, let's look at a timeline. I did the best I could on this timeline, y'all. It was kind of small print. It was not easy to read. But if I made a mistake, you'll never know because I don't think we'll get to see this stuff. So I'm just going to go at it, right? 5.28 to 7.03 p.m. There are six texts between Chad and Lori. 7.15 to 8.43, 15 text messages between Alex and Chad. 8.30, what are Lori and Zulema doing? They're doing a casting session. Tell me they didn't know. 
904 to 928, there are six texts between Lori and Zulema. 915 to 925 is when the attempt on Tammy happened. And then 932 texts between Chad and Lori. 937, the daughter of Chad and Tammy, her name is Emma. She calls Tammy. 1016, there are two texts between Alex and Lori. She's probably telling him he's a moron and bad shot. And um, none of these texts, by the way, were retrieved. And it would have been great if they had been because I think we might have had that conspiracy nailed down on Tammy with, with Lori. So 1045-ish, there is like a 40-minute call between Alex and Zulema. We go through the searches that Alex does on Google, how to clean an AR, what a Grendel round would do to a Dodge Dakota, the thickness of the metal on the Dodge Dakota. We know Tammy drove that kind of a car. So we jump to the 18th of October into the 19th. This is the night Tammy Daybell is murdered. There are text messages between Chad and Lori. Between 6.13 and 8.24 p.m., there are six text messages between them two knuckleheads. 6.56 to 8.24, six text messages between Lori and Alex. 8.47 to 9.04, 12 texts between Alex and Lori. 10.23 to 10.54, 10 texts between Alex and Chad. 11.53 to 12.09 a.m., Alex calls Lori. 12.10 a.m., Lori texts Zulema. 12.55 a.m., Chad texts Lori. Think about it. 12.55 a.m. So we know 911 was called just before 6 a.m. She was stiff and cold. I think 12.55 a.m., she's dead. Chad texts Lori. Where are those texts? They just went into the ethers and they're gone. And I think they would have been so revealing. There was more times I just couldn't get them all. My bad. And I don't want to go on anybody's page who was in that courtroom and take their work from them. So if we're gapping there, you get the picture that they all were in communication. Get this. The next day on the 20th, Lori's in Hawaii between 7.43 and 8.33 a.m. What is going on? Lori and Chad are texting. Lori says, I'm missing you more. I need you desperately. I need you to hold me tight. You want to come here? He told her to come home Thursday so they could spend the night together. Chad is talking about somebody's apartment is haunted and he is the perfect place for them. And he said, I need your help sorting out this financial stuff. He said they could return to Hawaii at the beginning of the month. Tells her to look for a condo that they can move into. Lori says, I know exactly where we should be. I don't care where we are as long as we're together. Bullhawk. You know if Chad would have said, like, I ain't going to Hawaii. We're not going to move to Hawaii. She, Hawaii was, like, special to her for some reason. She got married to Joe Ryan there. She moved there with Charles. And then she marries Chad in Hawaii. And... Why? Like, if you had one marriage fail and you got married on a beach in Hawaii, I don't know why you would want to get married, like, again there. But I'm not Lori Vallow, so I'm not even going to try to figure it out. But the day after Tammy's murdered, y'all, these texts are going on. Chad says, I want to go full steam on the Lily workout plan. Tighten my abs. Get tan. Let my hair grow out. I mean, he wants to get buff and tan. And, I mean, look, he was wearing, like, skinny jeans that – some desperate 40-something-year-old man wears to the club. He had like a fade haircut. I mean, Lori gave him a glow up, but still. So the day after, Lori asked, what's on your agenda today? And Chad says, I need to get ready to meet with the mortuary. I hope to be able to talk in a few hours after I get my parents to go home. When does Audrey arrive? Remember, Lori's in Hawaii. And Lori says, later. On the 23rd, Chad says, I love you, Lily. Eagerly anticipating our alone time, craving you intensely. 
Both of Tammy's insurance policies, as we know, paid out to Chad. They point out that marriage date of November 5th, 2019, just to remind the jury, less than a month, what, two weeks later. This witness was also at Chad's property the day the bodies were found. And so we see some pictures. They show kind of a mound of dirt, and this is the spot where JJ was. He noticed the contour of the earth was different in the form of a rectangle, and you could tell if you were standing above it. So they peeled the first layer of grass and dirt, found rocks, then more dirt, then that wood paneling, and then exposed a round black bag. The FBI were the ones that cut the small hole in the black bag, which then exposed the white bag. And then the white bag was cut open, which ex exposed blondish brown hair. This witness gets emotional on the stand during this, saying that he knew they had found JJ, and he said he has a son that same age. Just, uh, you could feel it. Several of them, just thinking back to that horrific day, something that you and I could never imagine, finding in the dirt a little kid, a 16-year-old girl, what's left of her. I don't know how they turn it off. And so I totally respect all these hardworking men and women who do things that we just don't ever want to see. I hope they find peace with this in the future because it's going to stick with them. We're on cross. And Mr. Thomas is going through like all of his experience. Mr. Thomas always kind of goes back to training and, and credentials and that sort of thing. He asked if he talked to any of Tammy's coworkers. He did. Tammy's daughter, Emma, also worked at the school with her. So Mr. Thomas brings up the 90 calls and texts and all those communications. There were eight texts from Alex to Chad from 119 to 122 and we don't know what was in those text messages so Thomas really jumps on that saying well you don't know what they were talking about and the witness agrees that they don't they go to that email from Tammy to her son Mark Tammy thinks it's a kid in the neighborhood did you talk to this specific kid that she thought it might be and the witness says it wasn't mentioned to him but just remember this kid was not bipolar. It was, he's autistic and he lived further away. He handled the AR that belonged to Alex and the defense asked if it was heavy and the witness says it was heavy. The defense also asked about Alex's search on a Grendel drop and he says there's an allegation Tammy was shot at with a paintball gun and the witness says, yeah, or a Grendel. The defense asked where the gunman and Tammy were standing and he said it was close. The defense says you were on SWAT and you read the email about Tammy hearing a click and a whoosh. Is that consistent with someone shooting a Grendel at close range? And the witness says probably not. So a timeline of the call and text, Mr. Thomas points out they don't have the text and that is speculation that any of these text messages have anything to do with the attempt or the murder. The witness says, based on my training, I would assume this is about a shooting. So timeline of the night Tammy is killed. There's no content again for those texts listed. Alex arrived at the church at 10.07 p.m. And the defense asked about that geofence with the 150 meter radius. The witness said he didn't testify to that. He doesn't know. The defense says you reviewed the cast report, but not the geofence. And he said he reviewed it but he could not testify to it. So the cross was over. There was some uh, redirect by Lindsay Blake, and she asked if he reviewed phone data with other investigators who created charts. He said he did. And then the, the distance from that church Alex was sitting at to the Daybell house is 2.6 miles, and there was contact between all parties during these key times. And he said if the Grendel jams before rounds come out, you may have like a very minimal noise. If it fired, you would hear that whooshing sound. 
A device associated with Alex was in the Daybell area on the night Tammy was murdered. And there's contact between Alex and Chad on these dates. What's the common thread? They end it with this. What's the common thread in all this? Lori Vallow. No further questions. Mic drop by Lindsay Blake, who I love, by the way. She's adorable. Y'all. Okay. So there was buzz all day. Lori may take the stand, right? So I, I really was divided. I was sort of 50-50 because it's worked for her up until now that she's kind of weaseled her way out of any tight spot with law enforcement because she, you know, flirts a little bit and seems normal. She can cut the crazy off. I thought she might get on the stand because if it's worked every time, maybe in her mind, she thought, hey, I can convince this jury I walk out of here. Go do the same thing in Arizona for Charles. But they sent us out of the room for 20 minutes, y'all. And I'm going to tell you right now, I needed Valium because on one hand, I was like, oh my gosh, if she gets up on this stand, it is going to be a circus. And then I thought it's going to be really hard for the family to have her on the stand. So I was really divided about whether I wanted her to. Ultimately, I think everybody maybe wanted her on that stand to see what she was going to spew. Now, I will say that uh, I was a little disappointed when we go back in. The defense says that they don't feel the state proved its case. Therefore, they arrested, didn't call any witnesses, zero, none. But think, who are you going to call? No mental health defense. You can't call a mental health expert. No family has been here. Well, Summer was here. She stayed for a bit of the testimony after she testified. Colby testified and left. Then Lori's uncle Rex and her cousin and another family member, they were here a few days and seemed like very nice people. But other than that, who are you going to call to testify for her? Well, the witness list was sealed, so we don't know who was on the defense witness list potentially, but ultimately it's over. And tomorrow they will finalize those jury instructions, and then Thursday we'll have closings, and it's going to be a free-for-all on verdict. So if you are not right there at that courthouse when that verdict is announced, um, you might be watching it from the overflow, y'all. I ain't lying. I will knock over somebody. Because if I, if I have sat in this trial for six weeks and I'm not in there when that verdict is read, I will throw myself in traffic because I want to see her face up close because I fully believe the state's proved its case and I think that she's going to be found guilty and she will just go away. Can you guys imagine if she's found guilty, she's going to prison. She's gone. Like she will fade into oblivion and prison is not going to be Little teeny tiny Madison County Jail. It is a different world. You've got hardened criminals. And guess what they hate? Child killers. They hate mothers who kill their kids. If you go back to my Glimpse at Life series, me and Fruit Loop did a long time ago, uh, I have a lot of insight from a friend of mine who is in a women's prison in California for life about what happens to women that hurt their kids. It is not a pleasant existence in prison, nor should it be. Because what we've seen on that screen the bodies we've seen on that screen, the destruction that we've seen, no mercy, zero mercy. Chad, it's going to be at least next year, right? We're thinking maybe June of next year. It's okay. The witnesses need a break. The prosecution needs to rest and reset. So I'm not mad. The family, most importantly, all the family needs time to digest this they've learned new things throughout the course of this trial that they didn't know that are painful they've seen things that are painful so i'm not mad that chad's going next year because everybody gets a breather and justice will come 
you know, the long road to justice. We talk about that. Look at the Wagner case. All right. We're over six years since the murder of the Roden family and Hannah Hazel Gilly. We still got one more trial to go. It is okay that his trial's next year, y'all. Okay. And that just means the prosecution is going to rest up. They're going to be strong. There's going to be different facts coming out. But most importantly, give these families time to digest what they've learned. We will get there, y'all. All right, I'm out. Hope you guys have a good one. We will talk to you soon. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.